Hey, good afternoon. This is the LMA trip. What's the instrumental that you're listening to? Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the Making of the Mobile Podcast, where the dream is free, but the hustle is sold separately. I am your host, comedian Tanola Oliver, and this is the edition of 21 Questions, the professional edit. I'm excited about doing the professional edit as a redress to the comedy, audible comedy skit, 21 Questions. In addition to, I encourage you to go back and listen to that one as well as listen to the You Ain't Never Had a Baby Mama Like Me comedy skit as well. And so today, let's talk, let's talk, let's talk. Today, I really want to have a conversation about activism, um, advocacy, and um, the line of demarcation for public figures who don't necessarily have a career in advocacy um, and or public public relations, right? And I think it's an um, important conversation to have because I want to free people who have a strong identity to their ethnic, background. Um, And so today, um, this is one of those difficult conversations that I'm about to unpack. And um, so what is today's, what do I want to ask today of moguls? I want to ask what was the most difficult conversation that you had to have And if possible, who you had to have that conversation with in order that potentially shifted the trajectory of your public personification. Um, What was that difficult conversation? And so here's the thing is, I think I have not seen the movie with... um, that Kyrie um, is referencing. I have not basketball star Kyrie. I have not seen the movie that has been reported of having anti-Semitic rhetoric in it. I have not seen the movie. Neither have I seen the clip, I believe that was on uh, Instagram with Kyrie bringing redress to the movie and what statements were made about the movie. So today, this conversation that I'm about to have um, has nothing to do with either one of those uh, projects, right? Um, The movie itself or his redress of the movie. I did not see either one. Um, 
I'm busy, right? So I don't have time um, to chase down every hot topic, right? Um, and um, so here is what I want to say. When I see people like uh, Kyrie, I think that um, we, and so let me interject before um, I bring redress to that. Uh, someone, I was laughing the other day because someone um, said something to me about, you know, the one story that you tell, um, which which makes me feel um, very accountable, right? Because um, I always say I tell, I tell the same stories and they were laughing. And so um, it was... It, it was one of those moments for me that um, I felt positive about my brand and about repeating the same stories. And um, I hope those stories don't, I hope they never feel antiquated to you because it is not a matter of, did I tell the same story again? Uh, what I really want to know is, did it make you laugh again, right? Um, despite how many times I tell the story, but did you laugh, right? But did you laugh again? That's all that matters, right? And so that every time I tell the story, I tell the same story with a different twist and a different life lesson. And as long as, but did it make you laugh again? That's all that matters, right? And so I had to laugh the other day because somebody um, was making mention um, and, and they use the words, you know, the one story that you tell. And so... Um, I, I'm excited that, that that approach is effective, right? Um, so um, as it relates to Kyrie, so we all have a job to do, right? Um, and I am not the type of person, I don't really bite my tongue, right? Uh, I have, I think I have mastered the art of communicating information um, in a sense that, well, it's part of my brand too, that people have developed um, an understanding and a reverence for the fact that I've never attempted to be, um, to be harmful to any demographic of people, right? That's, that's the first notion. Um, and then the other notion is that, um, I think people trust me to be a disseminator of information, right? Uh, and to deliver it factually without placing any extra, um, rhetoric upon it, right? Um, to disseminate information without the rhetoric that um, that makes information weaponized, right? So I disseminate information factually to the best of my ability without weaponizing information. And so I think people have a respect and a reverence for that. Um, and so 
um, here we are today about to have a difficult conversation, right? So, um, Kyrie is a basketball player. And I think that we all have a responsibility within the black community um, to do something to be an asset to the culture, right? It is just assumed that if you are African-American, right? And it's not just the African, I'm, I'm talking as an African-American woman, but it is not just for African-American women, right? Chinese people, there's a anticipation or Asian people, there's an anticipation that they have an affinity to Asian people. Native American people, there is, um, there is an assumption and a right and a responsibility that um, we have an affinity to the Native American culture and how to continue to um, distribute those traditions, right? Th from one uh, generation to the next. Um, um, Latino people, um, African people, Anybody with an ethnic background, there is an affinity and that is uh, expected and anticipated from any um, successful person within that demographic of ethnicity to have an affinity to their ethnicity, right? And to provide some sort of moral, ethical um, support, right? Uh, public support to that ethnicity of people. This is, this is a really difficult conversation that I want to have because I particular, so now I'm talking about the African-American community only. There is a weight that we place on people who earn um, an extraordinary amount of income to represent the culture. I want prominent African-American people to take that weight off. Here's why I want you to take the weight off. There is a number of ways that you have the ability to give back to your community um, without destroying your career. And there is a number of people and individuals that represent that. They could potentially be a, a distant mentor. In the world is that? That is a demonstration of what that looks like and, oh, I know what that is. What that looks like and what that means. I want 
people like Kyrie, because I, and, and here is what I, when I'm watching him on television, I seen him one time bring redress to what he would, what he said publicly in a press conference where technically um, the conversation should have been focused on basketball and his skill set as a basketball player. But because of um, the conversation that he had about the movie and supposedly the anti-Semitic uh, rhetoric that he utilized on the platform that was supposedly riddled within the movie, um, there was a distraction to what um, what his prominent skill set is, which is the game of basketball. Um, do I think Kyrie needs to shut up and dribble? Absolutely not. Um, do I think that athletes, entertainers, people who have a large platform, do I think that they have a certain amount of responsibility to their culture? Absolutely. But not at the risk of ruining um, your career. So if you're ready to retire, right, um, then you can push the envelope a little bit more. Um, do uh, do I think that, and, and I am talking from the experience of an individual who there was a, a weight of responsibility that was placed on me by a specific demographic of people um, with that actually was not even within my sphere of influence, that was outside of my sphere of influence to, um, to carry their agendas, right? And so there was a point where that responsibility became a weight to me. And but on the other side of me attempting to exercise their agendas in ways that was um, counterintuitive to the person that I was, um, it was counterproductive, right? And so I had to recoup, recover, and reconcile from that. Um, and at that point. I had been doing years of philanthropy, right? Um, but it was within those circles of philanthropy that people began to put a weight on me that I could be doing more within the community. Bullshit is what I, I have to say to that. Um, because each one of us, Number one, you have a your first responsibility is to your family. I told you this is about to be a difficult conversation. Your first responsibility is to your family. Then next, the responsibility is where you feel that you can offer support um, to your demographic because it's definitely a need. It's a part of who we are as spiritual beings. We need to know that we have done something that is essential to um, offering back to the demographic of people that we represent. There are some people that don't do that at all. <laughs> okay. Let me be honest with that. There's some people who don't do that at all. There's some people who don't feel that way to responsibility. And there are some people who 
have within the lifespan of their career has never opened up a door, presented an opportunity, um, made uh, ways for anybody beyond their immediate circle of influence that look like them, right? So the notion that you you even feel an unction and a wooing and a, and a poking and a prodding that you need to offer back, I recommend you to connect with your public relations individual, right? Um, and, and I'm saying that from a perspective of someone who coaches, right, individuals on next steps and expanding brands and polishing brands and um, making it to your next level of functionality. Um, there are ways, and, and if we look historically throughout history, um, James Brown was an advocate, right? Uh, but he did it in such a way that it did not destroy his way to support his family. Muhammad Ali uh, was an advocate, but he had the ability to have enough balance to that, um, that it did not affect his ability to, well, we can't really say Muhammad Ali, right? Because they put him in jail. They put Muhammad Ali in jail. So we won't use him as an example, um, but we can use James Brown as an example, Um and so if it is just like, well, we'll use Muhammad Ali for an example. If it is just on you, that weight of responsibility is just on you in such a way um, that you're willing to compromise um, the way you support your family, then by all means, follow what you feel is your uh, purpose, right, in life. But I don't want people to continue to destroy how they support their families because they feel the pressure um, of their audiences. Because oftentimes you hear people say, you know, this demographic of people could be doing more. Um, but from somebody who has experienced the um, who has, has experienced the subculture of what people say and what people do are typically opposite, right? And so we live in a society that information is traveling at us at the speed of light, which prompts and and prides people to want to offer their discourse on various topics. Um, and so oftentimes that is providing um, redress and commentary to topics and to people without a lot of thought, consideration, or even research. And so oftentimes people who don't have a lot to lose have the most to say, right? Again, this is a difficult conversation and I hope um, that it is being processed in the spirit in which I am intending to, um, to offer this information, right?
oftentimes the people that have the least amount to lose are the ones that have the most amount to say and and are usually the loudest. And so sometimes, and, and the reason why I love data analytics, particularly as it relates to um, specific topics, um, specific, uh, specific personalities, um, leadership tracks, things of that nature, is because um, it, it allows someone such as myself who loves the science of data to be able to divide the subcultures of what people say, what people are actually doing, and how much of an impact it actually has on society, right? And so there are so many different ways that people like Kyrie um, and one, where is his, where is his PR agent, right? Um, two, uh, where is his mentorship, right? Um, and I'm not saying that he said anything wrong. I have not seen anything. But what I did see when I seen him on Instagram during um, during um, during an interview, after a post-game interview, I was bothered that what he was talking about was a distraction from his talent because he's a very talented man, right? And so um, freedom of speech is freedom of speech. We know that it exists and we know that everybody has a right to say what they want to say. But there, um, but I, I just had a sense that because I was looking at how strong, like when you, when Kyrie finished talking, I was like, damn, like that was really the first thing. Like I felt like it was his waiting to exhale moment. Like it was something that had been building up in him. And if he did not say what he said in that particular post-game interview, that he was going to explode. Like I sensed an implosion um, when he was talking. He was very passionate. Um, he didn't show display um, any, uh, he did not look angry. He looked fed up. And for me, uh, because you know, I'm a person that analyzes behavior, right? For me, it was somebody that a sense of pressure had been building up, whether that was internally or externally. And a lot of times internal pressure has to do with external forces, right? Um, and I just want people like Kyrie to know, um, when you look at LeBron James, right? There's a number of things that he does to, to fulfill that void of needing to give back to the community without destroying his platform as a basketball star. And I think, and I'm not saying that um, this is not a shut up and dribble speech. This is the furthest thing from that. 
this is a, your first responsibility is to your family speech because people will put pressure on you to do things that they would not do if they were in your shoes or in your position. What people say, what people actually do are two totally different things. And people with the least amount to lose are the people that typically have the most to say. And you have to think about that when there is any demographic of people applying a pressure to you that um, that is a catalyst for the internal pressure that you already feel or that internal urge that you already feel um, because through media, there are so many images that push us to want to contribute back to our community, which is innate. And that's how we're supposed to, that's how we're supposed to feel. Um, But there are many ways that you have the ability to um, give back to your community. Right. And, um, and so there's that, that's my redress of that. Um, find a, find an outlet for your need to want to give back to the community. Right. Um, and not allow the pressure to push you into a moment that di- di- uh, that distracts from what your natural talent and ability is. Because most people, number one, will not have the heart to do it. And number two, if they were in your position, would not do it. And so I, I think it's, it's a hero syndrome, right? I think it's, it's a hero syndrome that people um, that operate at certain levels of capacity and income thresholds, right? Um, Begin to read um, commentary on platforms and hear people say things to you when you're out in public, right? Um, And it only adds and compounds the the natural urge that you already have to want to help, right? And there's so many ways that you can do that. If we look at Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, um, is he talking um, out every time an artist um, or a rapper is killed? No. Um, but what is the way that um, he's decided to offer something back to, to that atrocity is through hip hop. What is it? Hip hop murders? Or something like that. I think that's the name of the new, the new documentary, Hip Hop Murders. I think is the name of it. Um, and so that is his way of offering back to an area that he feels a sense of responsibility to. There's a lot of ways to do it, right? There's a lot of ways to do it. LeBron James uh, built a school, and and every one of the students within his school. Um, he pays for their college education. From what I understand, there are so many ways to do it, right? And um, and I just want, um, particularly because it's is it, particularly I see that pressure on black men more so than than women, right? Um, 
And we still live in a society where typically um, if you're married or if you have children and the, the mothers of your children um, heavily depend on you and they depend on your income. And um, while somebody else on the outside looking in may say, well, he he make enough money, right? If, if they got rid of him tomorrow, he still have enough money. Um, but it's still the love of the game that you you're there not just for the money you're there because you love the game of basketball and i have seen too many athletes have to walk away from the love of what they have a passion for prior to their retirement season retirement age um, because of decisions that have been made and i don't think that kilpatrick was um, do I think they tried to make an example of him? I, I don't think that he was, um, I, I, there's no fear, right? Uh, what happened to Kilpatrick doesn't generate fear, right, um, within the Black community. If anything, I think it generates um, the understanding of how strategically um, people need to organize to do things in such a way that they can protect their income and still offer some um, some support to the demographic of people that they feel an affinity to, because it's it's just, it's 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 black people, right? Um, it's definitely black people that um, that have the words of um, what athletes say and what Black athletes say um, is weighed with a different measure than non-Black athletes. And um, somebody needs to say something, right? Somebody needs to say something. And so I just chose today to utilize this space um, to bring some redress to it. Because I, I I know what that pressure feels like, and I also know what that pressure feels like um, when you respond on it because you feel a sense of responsibility to the people that you care about. Um, I know what that feels like, and you have to know that if they were in your position, they would not do the same. You have to know that, um, and I hope that makes every professional Black athlete um, weigh a strategic plan on how they want to um, carry the affinity that they have to the demographic of people that they belong to while understanding that your first responsibility is to your family, right? And um, and and there's that. And so what I wanted to ask today to um, to people, moguls is who we've been posing uh, these these uh, propositions to. And today is um, what is your what is the most difficult conversation that you had to have? that potentially change the trajectory of, um, of your career. Um, and, 
and I'm looking for positive, um, for positive um, affirmations, right? This was a difficult conversation that I had to have. And because of this, it changed the trajectory of my career in a positive way. Conversation I just had, I hope that it changes the trajectory of your career in a positive way. Um, You do not have to carry the weight of an entire race or ethnicity of people. You do have a responsibility to find a way to support the race or ethnicity of people that you have an affinity to. You can do that through HBCU um, donations. Um, There is a lot of different ways that you can do that responsibly. Right. And again, I'm not saying that what Kyrie said was irresponsible. I didn't see it. Um, the only thing that moved me was I when I seen how strong he was in redressing. And I'm laughing because literally when I seen it, I said, damn, like it really um, it was passionate. And I know that that. Um, that what he said and how he said it that day, that that generated from a very vulnerable space within him, right? I know vulnerability when I see it and he needed that moment and he was willing to sacrifice whatever dollar amount it took for him to take that stand that day. Is there something um, and, and typically when it's, when it's that heavy, it's because there was a, there, there was some other missed opportunity that he felt like he should have responded or should have spoken up or should have this and that, and wasn't able to in that moment because of the confines of the environment. And he let it rip that day in his post interview. And um, I want um, every, whether you're um, African-American male and just starting out in your career, um, an African-American prominent uh, male um, in entertainment, um, uh, an athlete, um, or just um, uh, um an uh, African-American male who reports to corporate America every day and um, and have to um, listen to discourse potentially that doesn't agree with your the core of who you are, right? You don't have a responsibility to respond. You do not. And this is, I'm saying this from a place of mentorship you do not have a responsibility to respond. Now, sometimes there are moments in life that weigh on us that we have to, to remain whole, right? And I feel like that was the moment that Kyrie had when I seen the post-game interview. But you don't have a responsibility to go in every day to a job and defend your ethnicity or your race of people. And I hope that, I hope that frees somebody today. 
and who the sun sets free is free indeed. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so um, there's that. What else is going on in entertainment? Um, I had to really do that outline um, while I still understood the notes that I wrote for that outline because um, it was not one of those outlines that I had an opportunity to study. I literally, literally uh, wrote it right before um, I pressed uh, a record for today's podcast. And so um, what else is taking place in entertainment? Um, I think we talked about, oh no, I didn't talk about it. I recorded it, but um, I did not have an opportunity. I did not um, upload the podcast because I had had a procedure done that day and I was very lethargic and, um, some of my words and the spacing of my thought process in the podcast was a little, um, disorientated. So I didn't want to load the podcast. Um, but as it refers to the baby, um, I made a post that I was able to read several times before I posted it. And um, I was making reference to um, how it is important for um, every, not everyone, but most people who have um, an intentionality to move from from a small business owner or an entrepreneur into a brand need somebody that can coach them and provide them with analytics so that they can remain in postures that bring a positive light uh, to their brand, right? Um, Not everybody makes it to brand status, right? Um, But for those who have that intentionality, I think we live in a society that everybody um, wants to be a brand. And I think to some degree, um, to some degree, probably each person to some degree is a, a brand, um, but then there, um, so there's the, the scope of what size brand, right? And how much money and time and effort you're willing to put into it. And I think um, the mistake is that there's a lot of everyday people who spend um, unnecessary amount of money to look brandish, right? Uh, while people who actually operate in those spaces can afford to present themselves in that um, in the in a larger brand, display, right? Um, And so I'm talking to that particular demographic of people that when you reach that certain level of optimization, that you need someone who has the ability to support um, the, um, the invisible parts of your brand, right? Where your demographic of audience of people? Who 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 is your demographic of audience of people? Um, how much money do they spend? Uh, what what demographic of people um, 
what what is the profile of that demographic of people, things of that nature, right? Again, I love the science of data, but what that does is it presents an opportunity for people not to have to uh, spend time and money um, on an audience that is committed to um, misrepresenting the brand or um, doesn't really have an affinity to the brand, right? And so on that note, this is what I want to say before um, I leave this particular episode is that um, I think if you encounter three solid people at the beginning of your career that believe in you enough to sow into who you are, that you are a very blessed person, right? Um, and so those are the people who oftentimes are the unsung heroes of artists, brands, um, entrepreneurs that turn into small business owners, right? Those are the unsung heroes. They often don't look for um, chairs on the front row. They often don't look for accolades, um, but they exist, right? And so I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to those individuals um, and know that I am working diligently to create a space that looks like you, right? Um, and so what does that mean? That means um, that there will always be a space and an opportunity for people who believed in me um, when nobody knew who I was, right? And I'm not saying that in a sense of grandness, like um, I'm, I'm still uh, a very unknown person, right? Um, but I think Sometimes as we begin to cultivate spaces such as uh, for art exhibits or podcasts or, and I still operate in, in very small spaces, right? Very small spaces on the map. But I think it is so important to understand what the people who support you look like, right? So that you don't chase a demographic of people who don't have a palate and an appetite for what you offer. And I think you have to be able to be strategic enough and intelligible enough to know who your demographic of people, what they look like and what they represent and what environments feel safe for them and you build from there, 
So I just wanted um, to be known in this space on today that I am working very diligently to create spaces that feel safe, entertaining, and inviting to the people who have always supported me. Um, and, and I hope that presents for you an, an opportunity to invite people who look like and feel like you that you care about into those spaces with you. And that that's what it means to create community, right? So we have the community that we live in, and then we have communities of people that we know we trust and that we want to share vulnerable parts of who we are. For me, <laughs> um, my art, baby, I'm sensitive about my stuff. Um, in the words of, um, dang, Erica Badu. So um, for me, that is my art, right? Like I am very sensible, Um and sensitive about my art because it comes from a place of vulnerability, right? Uh, a very vulnerable space um, to um, to to create a narrative, right? With a paintbrush and paint um, to have a topic that you feel that is important to you, and then to create an exhibition um, around that pop topic. That is a very vulnerable space. Um, and it has not been a space that I've been willing to invite people in um, throughout the years. And so um, I'm excited about the exhibition and um, I'm excited to create the invitation list for that exhibition um, because the people that I intend to invite and that I want to see in the room um, happen to be people that I feel um, deserve to have access to the vulnerable parts of me because they've been there. Right. Um, and that that's what matters. Um, and so this is your host, comedian Tanola Oliver. This is the making of the mogul podcast where the dream is free and the hustle was sold separately. It's expensive. Do you hear what I'm saying? What I'm doing is expensive. And so if you would like to offer a donation to help me continue to create this exhibition, you can do so on Cash App at dollar sign S-A-L-T-R-O-O-M. For those of you um, who have an interest in sewing a larger donation, you can do that at electleadershipacademy at gmail.com. Or you can contact me directly at 937-520-8110. What about those that say, hey, um, I want to support, but I don't really want to offer a um, a one-time donation. I'd like to have something tangible in return, right? You need to be at the um, art exhibition first and foremost. And then we we have products that... We um, offer through the bakery. 
in addition to, I highly recommend if you enjoy this sort of conversation uh, with talking about various business and entertainment topics, you need to subscribe to the Make Another Mogul podcast and magazine. The magazine will be the tool that I use um, to communicate some of the research method, um, research methods and research information that I've um, that I've conducted before I present, right? And so I'm, I will allow you to have the ability to glance into the mind of what I do and how I do it. That the tool for that will be the making of the mogul magazine. And um, until we see each other again, live in the overflow. Peace.